Speaking for Pastor Henry Horner and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to What's New. My name is Ed Peters. We continue today in Matthew chapter 13, moving on to verses 36 through 43. These verses contain the explanation of the parable of the tares. We will look at verses 31 through 35, the parables of the mustard seed and the yeast, on our next study. The parable of the sower and the parable of the wheat and tares are the only two parables given in this chapter that Jesus interprets for us. So, his interpretation is a guide to the symbolism used in the other parables. Now, as we come to verses 36 through 43, Matthew tells us that Jesus sent the multitudes away and gathered his disciples around him and began to interpret the parable of the tares to them. Here is what Matthew writes. Then, leaving the crowds outside, he went into the house. His disciples asked him to explain to them the illustration of the tares and the wheat. All right, he said, I am the farmer who sowed the choice seed. The field is the world, and the seed represents the people of the kingdom. The tares are the people belonging to Satan. The enemy who sowed the tares among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Just as in this story, the tares are separated and burned, so shall it be at the end of the age. I will send my angels, and they will separate out of the kingdom every temptation and all who are evil, and throw them into the furnace and burn them. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the godly shall shine as the sun in their father's kingdom. Those with ears listen. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Teach me thy way. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Teach me thy way. Teach me thy way. 
In these verses, Jesus gives us a glimpse into the kingdom during the millennium. Evil will continue to rear its ugly head, but it will be taken out. These harsh words of scripture come from the gentle lips of our wonderful Lord. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Yesterday, I began to focus on Jesus' second parable recorded in Matthew 13, the parable of the weeds. The parable is given in chapter 13, 24 to 30, and Jesus' interpretation is given in verses 36 to 43. I read the parable yesterday. Today, I'll read the interpretation. The story speaks about wheat and weeds growing together. The weed seeds were sown by the enemy after the sower of the wheat had completed his scattering, but unbeknownst to him. The question of the servant was, should they pull up the weeds? The owner of the field said, no, if you do, you'll pull up some wheat also. Let them grow together until the harvest. Then the weeds will be gathered and burned, while the wheat will be gathered and stored in barns. Now Jesus' disciples, when they were away from the crowd, asked him to explain to them the parable. Jesus did, here in chapter 13, 37 to 43. The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man, Jesus said. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. So the good seeds are people, the sons of the kingdom. The sower is Christ. The bad seeds are people, the sons of the evil one, of Satan. The field is the world. Jesus divided people into two groups, sons of the kingdom and sons of the evil one. There is no middle ground, either those who have received Christ or those who haven't. The two groups of people coexist in this age on this planet. The coexistence of righteous and unrighteous has never been revealed by the Hebrew Old Testament prophets. They saw the coming kingdom of the Messiah, but not this part of it, not this age. However, there comes a separation, but not until the end of this age, and that's the harvest time. The ones who do the harvesting are the angels. In Jesus' words, here is how it sounds. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all that do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of the Father. Jesus calls for harvest time at the end of the age. The angels gather the weeds and they are burned. The angels gather the wheat, the righteous people, who will shine like the sun. One day this age will close. Jesus expands on that in chapters 24 and 25 of this Gospel of Matthew. This age closes with the coming of the Lord before he begins his messianic kingdom. I believe that the parables of the kingdom here in Matthew 13, then, cover this whole age from the first coming of Christ to his return in judgment. 
The New Testament writers often refer to this judgment of the unrighteous. John, in the book called Revelation, chapter 14, verse 15, wrote, An angel called in a loud voice, Take your sickle and reap, for the time to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. That's the destiny of the lost. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The ones who never received the life of Christ will not just cease to exist. A conscious time of existence continues, but it will be a time of intense suffering. I wish that such were not the case. My humanity doesn't understand a loving God who allows eternal suffering for those who didn't receive his love in Christ. But then I can't think like God does. I don't really know what sin and unbelief does to holiness. If I understood sin and if I understood holiness, then I would understand the necessity and the rationale of hell. Until then, I must believe what God has said about it. I choose to believe Him rather than to trust sinful man's own thoughts and processes on this matter. What should amaze us much more is that God chose to take all the righteous to himself forever. Really, hell should be far more believable than heaven. We all deserve it, and none of us deserve heaven. But then that's grace. We as righteous don't get what we deserve. We, since we have received Christ's life, get what his life deserves. The righteous shall shine like the sun, Jesus said. That sounds like Daniel 12:3. I believe that Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and before sin touched them shone. They were clothed with light. A glow emanated from them that was only extinguished when they sinned. Then they found themselves naked. That light energy died. God is always associated with light. And whenever created beings are in his presence, they shine like did Adam and Eve and Moses, the angels, as Christ did and does, and as we will shine when we reach his presence in eternity. We too will shine. Shining way, and soon in majesty you come. 
of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.